Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. So there's this moment in the book of John, right toward the end of Jesus's life. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he has this, um, this thing he says that is just really haunting and worth reflecting on. He says, a new command I give you. This is to his disciples. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says that the primary ethic, the thing that's going to make his followers stand out to the world, is the beauty and inclusivity and deep love that their community, their friendship, their bond has. That in a world full of isolation and loneliness, of self-aggrandizing, of cruelty, that his followers will build different sorts of community. That uh, places where people are fully known, fully loved, having experienced that love from Jesus himself, they will attempt to create the communities where that same love is embodied and lived out among them. This is just a staggering task if you think about it, but it's also an incredibly beautiful invitation that with Jesus, that we can actually create these kind of communities. And that's what the world, in all of its separation and anger and division and enmity, desperately needs. Communities where that's true. We're going to be talking about that this week with Lisa Averill and David Kim. Lisa's the campus pastor. David Kim's in charge of discipleship and formation. So the idea of forging these communities is something that's near and dear to their heart. It's what they put their life's energies into helping create and form. They're going to talk about how to do that uh, a little bit better, about what it means, what it doesn't mean. And uh, we're going to get into what it means to love one another. Jesus outlines it there in John 13. So with that, let's just dive right in. Love one another, sister and brother. We are recording right now. We're recording, Mark. Leave. You just can't get away from you. So can we talk about our executive pastor of worship? (laughs) What are your thoughts about our executive pastor of worship? Mark just banged on the door and said, are you guys recording? Is he he a friendly person? Is he? Yeah. He's really friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, we are here with the afterword. I'm here with David Kim and Lisa Averill. What? Is this for real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What, okay. what? No, this is I fake. didn't know if you were starting. Like, <laughs> yeah, can, can I make that's... a joke? Or... No, okay. no, I'm right here. For real. All right. right here. Hey. <laughs> Lisa, I want to talk. Oh, no. Uh, I want to talk real quick because okay. you had a traumatizing morning. I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I came face to face with this big creature in the women's bathroom. Okay. What was it? It was a huge, probably the size of a small dog, <laughs> cockroach. Oh man! Yeah. Seriously, was it like a deck of cards big? You said, "Well, okay, no." But what? But, but it was like big. a half a candy bar. Oh my! Oh my gosh! <laughs> you oh, know, like an almond joy. Oh, there's two in a pack. Nasty. It was definitely oh, no. one of them. Yeah, that is that's a visual. And then you yeah. killed you killed this I thing. I was so proud of myself. Usually, I'd sc- scream like a girl and run out. But this time, I'm oh, like, too. "You will not be the boss of me." Beautiful. So <laughs> I took my flip flop off. That is substantial so that was part of the i see I mean, you wearing it now yeah, it, i right? smell it's, it it's not so much i smell it it's not so much it's not so much a flip-flop as it is a sandal it's a sandal thank you that's why it was substantial yes, a leather sandal if it was a flip-flop
up, I probably would have run yeah. and screamed like a girl. And then you killed this I thing. I did. I smacked it. Oh, and, and the gross part is... Did it, it splatter out? No, it stuck on the bottom oh. of my shoe like... um. Oh. Yeah, like a piece of gum. So I had to go get a paper oh. towel and literally lift it off with and, the paper towel. And then towel. you had to clean off your sandal because you don't want to be walking yeah, around with cockroach guts. So women up in the bathroom, the in-between room that has carpet, I kind of like yeah. slid through that. So there may be some So just be careful. Second floor there. bathroom. Second floor bathroom. Yeah. That is nasty. But what's creepy is that's right next door to where I office sometimes. And so I can only imagine what's yeah. living in the It's walls, actually, so. no, in your office. No, Probably. Don't. David. Do, do they go in hives? You're not being like where, friendly. How do cockroaches yeah. live? Is this how we love one another? <laughs> oh, oh, great oh, segue. Is, a good segue? Yeah. is that, Phil, a, me- is that a metaphor for something? Them. There's yeah. gotta be a metaphor for it's, something. Look them in the eyes. What is the cockroach in our community? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we're here. We're here. Every fall. Why are we here? <laughs> we're here. Every fall we do a vision series and we talk about our three loves. We've been doing this. And what's weird is that often the order goes, love God. Love your neighbor because that's the, you know, the, the great commandment. The, and Jesus kind of says these two. What is the greatest of all these? And then we go into love one another, which mm-hmm. comes later in the story. But this year, we're going to go love God, love one another. And love one another typically means love those. Um, we're talking about uh, church life, hmm. community life among Christians. Hmm. Right? That's how, is that right. how, yeah. is that how, yep. how you'd say that. And so um, this week we talked about what that means. And you guys both are, I mean, both as campus pastor and in charge of discipleship and formation. Let's just briefly talk about why we basically focused on life groups. Um, That's not the only way that you can love one another. Obviously, we'll talk about more about what that means. But it's, I guess you would say it's the primary thing that we, would you say life groups are the primary way that we encourage people to, to love one another? Is that, is that how you'd say it? Well, I have to laugh because of the things that we talked about this weekend that were super challenging and loving one another. I mean, what a better place to have that have to happen when you're in a a community, a smaller community with, you know, eight to 10 or 12 people and you think differently and you have different views on stuff and uh, different quirks and things like you're really you get to live out what it means to love one another. If I can, if I just pick the people that are, that are easiest to love or the people that I want to love, I don't really get to have the opportunity to grow in love. So honestly, a life group gives me that opportunity to be patient and to be kind and, um, and to live out what that whole passage is. is so you're saying my life group about. should be filled with people I really don't like. No, I'm saying <laughs> hopefully your life is group, that what you're saying about your group? No, what I'm saying, guys, what I'm saying is when you get to know a group of people and you can be your authentic self, yeah, then you see what's really there, right? Yeah. In all honesty, and there's and that's there is messy. envy, there's pride, sure. there's all those things, and we don't like to talk about, it. we don't show that a lot of times on a Sunday morning, right? You come, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, great to see you. Hug, goodbye. But when you actually do life and get into the word that challenges you you on a regular basis too, you become more vulnerable, you see sides, or you let, you really are seen and known, right? Yeah. And yet people still love you. Yeah. And so we have to work through the things that are challenging um, hmm. in the life of a year-long commitment of being in a life group together. Lots happens. Yeah, and this is why it's so important for us, you know, whether you're from a different church community or not, there are various different versions of small groups slash life groups or slash community groups. And for us, 
that it's not just about content regurgitation. We don't yeah. just talk about what does this say and do you agree or disagree? We we have times to share about how we're doing our prayer requests, our highs and lows, because in that we learn to yeah, care for one another and support one another. And that I think that's so important. And so for us here at Westgate Church, it's it's more than, yes, Bible study, yes, book study, those are important, but it's more than that, it's life sharing. And yeah. that's why we intentionally call it life. So the primary, uh, the primary thing is not information or even digestion of information. It's, it would be called uh, to be known. Yeah. Uh, and relation, it's yeah. a relational component. Yeah. Because that's how we grow. Is that, is that kind of what... Yeah, totally. Would say. And I think it's hard to transform because that's what we really want is transformation yeah. in our lives and in, in helping in the lives of all of us. In order to transform, you really have to be known from the inside out. And that's where we have to be real with each other. And yeah. that's where these different challenges come in. And what does it truly look like to feel so loved by God that no matter what anybody brings to the group or how challenging they are, um, that you're able to walk in it with them in real time and do the hard work. Sometimes it's a hard conversation, right? Like none of us like to talk about that, but sometimes, you know, we all have somebody in our group on occasion, if I'm really honest, that and my, I've probably been that at times where you get so excited about something, you just start, somebody asks a question and you just like go on and on and on and, and other people in your group are just quiet all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do I help that person to realize I really value what you have to say what, and what you're sharing is super important and thank you for that. Um, but do you notice that like so-and-so over here like hardly ever talks? And I know they maybe are a little bit more shy, but wouldn't it be great if we could really get to know them at a deeper? How about you and I both work at like pausing after I after whoever's asked a question, let's just pause and see if maybe they might jump in. And when you have that opportunity to have that conversation in a grace-filled way, um, I think it helps them for that other person to come out and be known that normally may go under the radar um, and also help kindly share with somebody that, um, you know, we, we really want to be balanced in our group and, and get a chance to get to know everybody. So how, how can you help me do that? So David, when, when we have, how many life groups do we have functioning right now? 119 groups. 119 groups. And that represents how many people? Close to 1300 folks okay. are in our life groups, all campuses. So that's a lot of different types of groups. And so my question is like, is I'm kind of an idealist. I would like every group to be filled with people who are very, very, very the best friends. Um, but that's not always exactly what's going on here. Some groups are like that. Is, is that kind of a goal or is that just uh, not a goal? Like, cause life groups is just a mechanism for Christian community. What the goal is Christian community. It's for people to be close. Is that best friendship? Is that Christian friendship or is that not? Is there something different? Is does it should it always result in Christian friendship or um, what, what's what's going on there? It, it, is there a difference between Christian community and Christian friendship as you see it? Um, and what's the role of life groups in that? Yeah, you just asked 17 questions, so <laughs> sure. I'm not sure which I'm one's the answer. I'm glad you addressed yeah. you, David. <laughs> uh, but I would say this. Um, yeah, life groups, it's um, we don't want to make it feel like a big machine from a church kind of unfolding in your life. These are just, 
we want to create spaces and opportunities, right, for folks to jump in and to see and hopefully find meaningful connection and friendship. And this is why we do even say, hey, if you go into a group and you just don't feel like after one or two sessions that that it's just not, you don't sense a kind of chemistry and connection, it's okay to check out a different group. And, and, and that's okay. And so for Christians to feel this kind of weird kind of guilt that like the first group that I choose, I got to go all in. And so we give our opportunity our invitation is that we want to just create opportunities for you to jump in and hopefully that as you invest and prioritize those groups, that deep and meaningful connection does occur. Now, does that mean that it's going to happen with every single person in the group? Uh, probably not. That's not how life works. But I hope that as you open yourself up, that there will be one or two that you can go a little bit more even deeper on an offline or over mm -hmm. coffee. And I do think those are actually okay and not to be uh, discouraged or looked down upon and to have that kind of conversations within those groups. So creating spaces where um, there's a term, you know, find your people or find yeah. your tribe. The, the idea that you're intentionally committing to being a person who does that, right? Right. And not just, I guess, what's the opposite of that? Well, you've seen this now, Lisa, as a campus pastor. What's the opposite of this? Um, not Is it people just coming and attending and, yeah. then, and then leaving? Is, is, that, yeah. is that the opposite of this? And probably unbeknownst to them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's what can I come and we often talk the consumer mentality. What can I take in? I don't think they're intentionally coming and thinking that, but it's easy in a large church just to go and you feel all caught up and like, this is my church. I mean, I can't mm. tell you the people I meet all the time that in other places that, oh, we go to Westgate too. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. You know, how long have you been there? Oh, six years. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I not, I don't know you because maybe they call Westgate home, um, but they haven't really like, made it their house. They haven't made it their family. We talk, I love when we talk about our family. Westgate is a family. And so um, you have to, in a family, you can't just uh, come in and eat a meal. And, and leave. that's the only time. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a college student, right? Come and do your laundry and leave. That's a college student. By the way, we love you nearby. college yeah. students. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and well, but, but that would be destructive if you think about an actual healthy family. Uh, because I think that there the different the word member is charged yeah and and sometimes people are like oh it's a member like costco or a member like a country club or a member like yeah. at, at, at amazon but that's not that's a consumer mentality yeah. or a, um, a contractual mentality mm -hmm. and jay talked about that last week with love god uh the idea that god's not contractual this isn't about getting services and then giving money or or that's yeah. not what this is uh, family, we use the word member because we're talking about family member because that's what Paul does. Um, that's how he describes the, the, the church of God as a family. He also, in, in Corinthians, in the passage before this, he describes it as a body, mm -hmm. as interrelated and interdependent as a physical human body, like livers and kidneys and lungs and heart and blood and eyes and toes. Those things need each other. Um, and so there's there's that aspect of it. Uh, so the word member is like family member. Mm -hmm. And if you had a family member who just took and never helped out, that would be, that's, that's not healthy. Meanwhile, on the other side, if you had a family member that just gave and they never received or were yeah. never served, that would be unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So it's this give and take of both serving and being served. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what health is. Is, is, is that the fair way to say that? 
I think so. And mm-hmm. for those who are just joining us, maybe from a church where you did give a lot and you're mm-hmm. in a season to receive, to have those seasons. So I don't want to just like if you're like, wounded yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or if you're yeah. exhausted and burnt sure, out, to totally. have those kind of seasons, I think that's appropriate. Sure. But we hope that that's not the regular pattern yeah. for Or that doesn't last forever. Your, yeah. yeah. So sit yeah. on the sideline and heal. Yeah. Heal. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we want to invite you to that. Actually, many of our Westgate folks are like that. And we, we love that. We love that we're a place of rest and healing. But as you do, that we would love for you to also then jump yeah. in and yeah. contribute because we need you. <laughs> like, it's not just mm-hmm. about like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a team. And so we would love to um, see your gifts unfold yeah. in our lives. And we want to be encouraged also by you. And, and we believe that there's a purpose in your life that could really strengthen our church family. And so we would, yeah, we highly encourage you to jump in if you haven't already. There's also another side of it. Well, I wanted to read Acts 2 because this is a beautiful picture of like the early church and what they did. Um, And I think there's so much in here. It says they devoted, this is the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I started, th- I, you know, I love that passage. I think it's actually one of the more beautiful ones in the in the New Testament because it's like the Lord added to their number daily those who were, well, of course, who wouldn't want to be a part of that kind of community, you know? Uh, I guess some people would be like, no, thank you. But it's. Just, I think it's a beautiful picture. Of, I like the eating together part. That would that <laughs> right. would make me jump in. Well, right it's interesting. Though. They say they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The word sincere is uh, sincera, which means without wax, which is uh, in the ancient world what they would do with like uh, vases and uh, other mm. things. If there was an imperfection in the vase uh, or a mm. crack in the pottery, they cover it over with wax and then paint it. Mm. And so what they're saying is uh, they ate together with – they kind of were who they were. They were vulnerably uh, vulnerable about their, their brokenness, about who they were and what God was doing. And um, I think that that's a beautiful picture. Oh, of I when, thought in Greek it meant Korean barbecue. Sorry. That, no, thanks for the, no, it does. It does, actually. Uh, they ate the, the, together yeah, Korean yeah. barbecue. I yeah. think that that's, that's what the real said. literal translation. My yeah. goodness, I'd be 7,000 pounds every day. They ate together daily at Korean barbecue. Uh, yeah. Those carrots and celery uh, out in the fields. Let's talk about another aspect uh, of what it means to be in Christian community. And you hinted at it. And that's serving. We didn't really get to talk about serving because we were pushing life groups. Um, and serving might sound like, oh, we have a bunch of programs that we need people to do. Like we're some sort of machine that we need people, cogs in the wheels. Uh, that is, that's not been my experience with serving in, uh, in church in general. Uh, and certainly not here. Talk about serving as a mechanism to be known in Christian community, because um, I think some people might think, oh, you're just trying to take from me, uh, as opposed to that this is a formational aspect of and a non-optional means of what it means to be a member of a family and to grow in Christ's likeness. So talk about the benefits of serving and, mm. and how it actually changes us. Yeah, uh, two things come to my mind. Uh, first thing is that um, we are, I mean, we talk about this, we are so self-centered and everything's always about me, me, me focus. And so as we serve and as we contribute to other people's needs, I do think that that's one of the best ways to reshape our hearts and our mm-hmm. minds towards God and others. And so I think that's really important formationally. The, the second piece of serving why it's so important is that I believe that actually 
actually serving is one of the best best ways to experience meaningful belonging. Meaning that that it, certainly through life groups we experience belonging. But as we serve together, as we sweat together, as we experience hardships together, you begin to have similar stories. Like it's like going on a mission trip together or going on a hike together. That's really difficult. Actually, I don't know what that feels like, but <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> and and as we do, I just um, there's a sense in which you have similar you share experiences yeah. and through that you a god forms forges you to others around you and so um yes uh it takes time out of your calendar i get that and yes it's hard work yes um yes there are sacrifices to be made we don't mm -hmm. want to downplay that those are uh realities of what it means to serve but i think there's God designed in such a way where there's such a great blessing that comes mm -hmm. with the formation into Christ-likeness and greater belonging. Yeah. yeah. And I think if we can understand the why behind serving too, you know, we look, let's say, at the coffee ministry, like, you know, they're just serving us coffee. How hard can we think about the task and not why do we even have coffee at Westgate, right? And that we intentionally invest in coffee every Sunday because we know in our valley, number one, I personally am addicted, but most people like coffee in the morning. So somebody, especially that may be new to exploring faith, that's something familiar to them. They're used to going to a Starbucks or used to getting coffee before something. And there's something settling that kind of makes you feel a little bit more comfortable when you have something it's also like hospitality. That. It's like welcoming. Exactly. You know? And so we're not just doing coffee to, for those, to provide for those that are addicted to it. Like the why behind is to make people feel comfortable, to make them, they're, as they're coming in, to feel a sense of subtleness in them so that they can hear and receive what God might have for them that morning. Sometimes it's for the first time um, they're hearing about God. Other times it's they've had a really rough week. Right. And just to know and to have somebody greet you and, you know, can, can I put you some cream in your coffee for you or whatever, just to have that human contact too before they come in. I mean, so it's so simple. We look at coffee as just like it's a, something that we're going to take and a product, but it's not. It's an intentional way with which we make people feel welcome and hopefully have them feel a sense of kind of a settledness before they head into a worship service or even to serve sometimes too. If you're serving with kids, you need that cup of coffee to have that extra energy to, mm. you know, be uh, fun with them because that's what kids need when you're serving with them. So yeah, that's just one very small example. Yeah. Um, I, I found this quote by Kurt Vonnegut and I thought it was really powerful. Um, it says, what should young people do with their lives today? Many things, obviously, but the most daring thing is to create stable communities in which the terrible disease of loneliness can be cured. Um, it seems to me that both serving and life groups or Christian community at large, um, that's what the, the that's the thing, the malady, the modern malady, the dangerous modern malady that they're, they're protecting against or curing. Um, is the cure of loneliness. Um, have you guys seen that to be true uh, in, in, in your life, in your, in your world, in, in your professional um, experiences too? Yeah. Um, uh, loneliness. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, you guys already know my story, but that is a significant part of my own journey uh, coming to America when I was young and moving 22 times. And so, Loneliness for me, and I, I know that many can resonate because people, you know, moved to Silicon Valley for work. And so I know most people didn't grow, grow up here. And so uh, for me, yeah, when you even say the word loneliness, it, it triggers all sorts of things mm -hmm. in me. Um, and um, yeah, and so 
to participate into the Christian community and to, to, yeah, like prioritize that is, is, is life giving for me. Um, Mm -hmm. it's obviously I have my own like nucleus family, but they're in New York. And so for me, like this is my family here. And so, um, but I also understand the challenges left to ourselves. We tend to isolate and I get that we tend to just, just be on our own. And so, um, there is a great temptation, but, um, I don't know. I believe that as we prioritize community, that we are able to fight and resist this uh, epidemic of loneliness that's in our culture and especially in our Silicon Valley today. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes Silicon Valley more difficult for community? Is it just the time crunch? People work longer hours. Is it the commute times? Is it the the small spaces of homes? Homes are a little bit smaller than they are in other places uh, across the country. What? How? You've lived in different places. What? What? Why is it so difficult? Community is so difficult in time life group in in the Bay Area. Jeez, I mean, Lisa, I you, yes you've been here. Yeah, yes to everything. <laughs> I mean, do you want to chime in first? Well, you just said like homes being small and stuff. I would say hospitality um, doesn't always have to happen in your home too. I look at our young professional group and they meet after the second service every Sunday and they walk across the street and they grab something to eat and they come back and sit under the tent. Sure. Right. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes we make it too complicated. We think, well, we have to have these people over if we're going to get to know people. <clears throat> well, not necessarily just grab some coffee sometime somewhere. Like don't overcomplicate it. Cause I mean, for some people, the gift of hospitality is just so like ingrained in them. Others, um, maybe they feel their home is too small or they feel that, um, they have to prepare some big, huge meal. Like don't get caught up in that aspect as much as just do something with them. Like just find a park to go to and grab some Kentucky fried chicken or whatever you want to do. But like, don't overcomplicate that. I would say, don't let that stop you. Don't get in your head, just do it. Um, and I would say for those of you that do feel isolated and lonely, um, you know, a lot of times we wait for someone to come to us and like, why isn't anyone inviting us or why aren't they drawing us in? I felt that way in times in my life and God's really convict me like, you know what, Lisa, that may be true, but you notice the people around you that look lonely, go invite them. Like, don't always wait for people to come to you. And I don't mean that in a negative way for you because I understand what it feels to be feel that way. But also sometimes God's challenging us to take that move on our part too. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sense in which the responsibility to find community is, it's like, it's work. Yeah. And it's a discipline. There's a discipline to Christian community that I don't think we like to talk about, but it's real. You got to yeah. work to find the connections, to find the people you have chemistry with, yeah. and then to build relationships with them, which requires vulnerability, which requires listening. It requires time. It requires investment. Let's talk about the discipline of Christian community. Like what, um, what would you recommend for people who are saying, um, I'd like to take it up a notch this year. I'd like to be better at it this year. I have a a conviction. I want it. If I'm doing good, I want to be a little better. If I'm doing bad, I want to be at least okay. What, what kinds of things will help someone be better at Christian community, the discipline of Christian community. Man, uh, much to be said, but one thing that comes to my mind is, I just recently talked to someone. Um, if 
if you are making the effort, which I do believe that's one of the key points that you're not just waiting for somebody to reach out to mm-hmm. you, but if you're making the effort and, and other people are not also trying to stay away from you, and this mm-hmm. is happening to one person I was talking to, like I'm emailing, texting, and nobody wants to meet up with me. It's like, mm-hmm. then would it be that all those people are evil or that <laughs> maybe there's something in you that mm-hmm. you need to self-assess? Maybe that mm-hmm. you are too aggressive. Maybe that you mm-hmm. give off a, a, in, in your conversation and i and i can be uh, honest with my own journey like my best friend told me that i'm so selfish that he didn't want to spend time with me mm-hmm. and so there is a, a sense in which maybe before you even start the journey of of the discipline of christian community maybe the first discipline is to have a self-assessment what kind of person am i do am i sacrificial am i caring do i listen well am mm-hmm. i an over talker mm-hmm. and like those kind of things that maybe is the very reason why people are consistently moving away from from you. So mm-hmm. Steve says this all the time. If Joe has a problem with John, Joe has a problem with Jennifer, <laughs> Joe has a problem with Sarah, who's the real problem? I know this is really hard to hear and it was really hard uh, for me to hear that. But before you talk about other, you know, like it's Westgate's problem that, mm-hmm. that I don't have enough friends. It's the midsize problem. It's the life group leader's problem. It's mm-hmm. uh, our lead pastor's problem. Why This is why it's not working out. Before we blame all these other organizations and opportunities, maybe there's a conversation that you need to have with God mm-hmm. and to do that inner work and to do that inner work in a community. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. ooh, that's not a fun conversation to be had, but yes. I need to at least say that. Man, that's, that. yeah, that's that's... That's yeah, that's intense. And I think in in lieu of the, you know, what we talked about on Sunday, um, we need to experience God's love for us. And God is so so gracious and he's patient and he's kind when we do take the time to self-examine ourselves. So if you do that, don't be hard on yourself. Just thank you, God, for showing me this. I want to be a better friend. I want to be able to engage and not take over a conversation. So help me to learn how to do that. And maybe reach out to somebody that um, you trust that can, that would be honest with you and help you with that. Right. Yep. But know that God loves you. And this is an amazing thing that you have that awareness and that you're looking um, to grow in that. Cause we all have areas in our lives that we need God's help to grow in. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know um, the verse that you guys, talked about with you know love is patient love is kind it doesn't envy it doesn't boast it's not proud it doesn't dishonor others it's not self-seeking it's not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs it doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with truth um you you were saying lisa it's kind of funny you're saying i used to think this was like an uh like a a cake ingredient list Mm -hmm. and you had to be all these things if it was to work yeah uh, or you'd put your name, like Lisa is patient, Lisa is kind, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's just not, not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true not only all the time. Sometimes yeah. it's not true very much at all. Yeah. And same for me. Uh, but then you were saying, actually, the, the thing that kind of flipped it for you was just what Jay was talking about last week, which is first we receive love, and then out of that we respond, and then it changes us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first we have to receive love. You can't really give anybody something that you haven't received so you're like, actually, Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Mm-hmm. And then you added this neat thing. Jesus is patient to Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is kind to Lisa, to me, right? And yeah. then then you start realizing all the ways that God's done this, and then you start reflecting on it, um, what a gift that is. You start receiving it. It begins to change you, and then you can actually give that to others. Yeah. Uh, and that can that's an introspective work. But that's a – in order to be in community, first we have to, you know – being in community with God, I think that's yeah. the first thing that 
Christian community can't work if we're not in community with God, right? So Yeah, it's like <laughs> the irony of it all is that you need to actually be in solitude first. Mm. And and I don't mean in isolation. Yeah. I mean in solitude with God, right? Uh, isolation is just being alone, right? Solitude is being alone with God. And mm. so I think in that you are... Um, yeah, in that place, you are being anchored. Uh, you mm-hmm. are being, yeah, loved. Like I love what you guys both said. And and in that place, you're also finding greater revelations about who you are mm-hmm. because God has the best ways about mm-hmm. understanding who you are. And from that place, I think you can move into community to to skip that skip that process. I do think it's a uh, misordered uh, journey because God has to come first. Without it, you're going to go into community incredibly insecure or incredibly arrogant. By the way, I've done both. That's why I can share this. <laughs> and and you will trigger all sorts of things in others and in you. And that would be a destructive uh, uh, place in community. Uh, but with God, I believe that, man, there could be a lot of beautiful things that can come about it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And also thank you everyone who's leading a life group and Mm -hmm. anyone listening who jumped into a life group and anyone who's already in a life group. Our prayer is that it would be the best year ever with those connections. Uh, It takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. It takes vulnerability and honesty, all those things, but it's worth it in the end. And we're, we're, if, if our life groups get really tight and those take a step closer to Jesus and to each other, our whole church is going to be better for it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be, we're only as strong as the, the tensile strength of the, the links of yeah. the chain, you know? So um, I'm grateful for that. And I would say also to your, our little bit of a discussion earlier too, for those of you that are serving on a regular basis, that is sacrifice as well, but you're interacting not only with those that you're serving, but the teams that you work together yeah. on. So thank you for that. And I hope in that you're finding um, opportunities to encourage one another and to have time to hear how it's going and how you can be praying for each other and, and yeah. stuff too. So it's kind of its own little team community um, outside of like a life group as well. Absolutely. So. Yeah, All right. Grateful. Well, thank you guys for, for stopping by. And for stomping sh- by. For, oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry. That's good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Great uh, callback. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to think about cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. I don't want to think about them. They're, Are you afraid gross. of them too? I'm uh, not afraid. Would you have uh, killed it with your foot? Uh, probably. I would have been gross. I hate, I just mm-hmm. hate cockroaches. Mm-hmm. They're just the worst. You know, honestly, I think it's because I could take my sandal off and whack it yeah, versus so. just step Stop on it. it. Yeah, yeah. Because so, that's a little too cl- Yeah, it's like more distant. It's yeah. like a weapon you're yielding as opposed like my, to my extension of your foot. Like, <laughs> like, uh, let okay, me. That's oh, wow. Whoa, <laughs> okay. Is that part of love one another? <laughs> no, it was not very is, uh, love. It's okay, right. a therapy. There was okay. some good Would you rather <laughs> have a cockroach <laughs> emerge from the bathroom or a small snake? A cockroach? Of course. Uh, okay. A snake? Yeah, Why would a snake be in the bathroom? That's horrible. Now, like a tarantula. Oh, yeah. That's even worse. Oh, yeah. Because those, like those are worse. giant. They're huge. And they jump. Did you know that they jump? Uh, well, That's I do now, I and now I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> All right. We should probably jump yeah. off this call <laughs> oh, before we Lisa. get too yeah, far wow, down the road. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you guys for stopping by, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll yeah. see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Just want to say thanks to Lisa Averill and David Kim for stopping by. Next week, we're going to close our current sermon series, The Greatest, by talking about the third and final love, love your neighbor. We're going to be talking about what that means for us and for us as we live in the Bay Area. And uh, it's an important conversation. So join us for that, and we'll see you next week.